Well, guys, we have finally made it. Opening night is upon us this Thursday with the matchup of the visiting Lions at the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Pal Radiate and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright with Justin Tucker and CJ Medeiros at us as always. We have a special guest, though. That is Nate Sloat. Nate, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So we have a lot of new listeners. Actually, you haven't been on at all. Why don't you introduce yourself to all of our listeners? Me? Yes. Oh, sorry. Yep. So I'm Nate Sloat. Um, basically just in the productions realm right now. Uh, me and Adam have worked for the Woo Sox all season um, doing that. Um, I've some work with the Providence Bruins as well. Uh, graduated from the University of Rhode Island. Um, just a big football fan and just happy to be here. Absolutely. it's ha- I'm happy to have you on. It's been a while. We've been trying to get you on, but it's been it's been a long summer, man, uh, working with you with the Worcester Red Sox. That's been fun. But from my understanding, you're a Denver Broncos fan. Is that correct? Correct. Thoughts on them this year? Um, I've told you that I'm not that high on them, honestly. Um, Sean Payton, obviously a good coach, probably will definitely elevate them higher than Nathaniel Hackett. Um, but I just think Russell Wilson has his ceiling right now. I don't think that's going to mesh very well. Um, so maybe like eight wins, I'd say, is the ceiling for the Broncos. Yeah. Listen, this the way that I look at it, I think I'm a little higher on this team. It's that I think this team has the highest, one of the higher ceilings in the AFC, but also one of the lowest floors. Like they could be one of the, they could be one of the top seeds. I wouldn't be surprised. They could also be one of the worst teams in football, and I also wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but we'll see how they do. I think they've improved a lot. That offensive line looks better. The defense looks good, just as they did last year. And they still have Russell Wilson and some good targets. So we'll see how it goes. But we have a great show planned for you guys tonight. As I mentioned, opening day, finally upon us. This summer, we did all kinds of stuff to try and keep you guys entertained. We did some player rankings for each position we did division previews. We did fan boxes for all the dark horse teams and all of the all of the NFL honors awards and all of that stuff. We did Super Bowl predictions. We did playoff predictions. We did division winners. All of that stuff to keep you guys entertained. But no more. No more. Starting this Thursday at 8.20 p.m. Eastern time, we are going to get our football. Football that is current events, stuff going on that we will be able to cover for you guys. And we are excited. We're going to go over all of that. And some anticipated over and unders uh, betting lines for this season as a whole. We're going to do some predicted most improved teams from last year and biggest drop-offs from the season prior. We're also going to do a little opening night preview for that matchup itself. And we'll go through the fan box and give you Who is winning the Super Bowl? We asked you guys, so we will give you exactly who said who said what. Uh, Only actually, we won't be able to. Um, Long story, but we know who we know what was said. We don't know who said it because the list of who said what on our question filters got lost in our feed. Um, So we can't we can't get that for you. But we have exactly what was said 
So we're going to jump right into it with some over and unders. Uh, so a little fun for to the start of this episode. Um, we're going to start with whoever whoever is ends up being the lead leader in passing touchdowns over or under 44 and a half touchdowns. What do you guys think? Now, who wants to take it, I guess? I'll take it. Um, I say under because I think the exact amount would be 44. I don't think anyone passes 44 this year. I would honestly go over just because of the star-studded quarterbacks that are at the top of the list with Mahomes and Burrow. I think someone would definitely get that over that number. Yep. Ah. This is going to be tough, but I am going to go under. And in a similar vein to Tucker, I think that the highest would probably end up being 44 because there are a lot of star-studded quarterbacks and a lot of teams, but each one has a flaw. For example, we said outside uh, Travis Kelsey, cupboards bare in KC. Joe Burrow, he's got weapons galore, but he's got a turnover problem. Justin Herbert just hasn't, sh- he's always puts up good numbers, but I don't see him leading the league in anything. You know, Tua, he's great, but he's going to get hurt. Josh Allen, kind of like Joe Burrow, going to stuff the stat sheet, but also in the interception category as well. Rodgers, I don't know. Garrett Wilson is wide receiver one, doesn't exactly wow me, if I'm being perfectly honest. And especially because after him, I'm not particularly scared of their receivers. So every, it seems like every quarterback has uh, something. I mean, we know Lamar and Jalen Hurts probably won't because, well, they'll probably get about 40 touchdowns, but some of those are going to be on the ground because that's just the nature of their game. Yeah. So overall, when you combine that there, I just, I don't see anyone getting 44 passing touchdowns. Really don't. Yeah. So the question is, is over under 44 and a half. So who's going, if anybody does go over, who's going to get 45 or more touchdowns and what's up? What were you going to say? Sorry. So if anyone ends up doing it, it would probably be Joe Burrow or Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, maybe, but who knows what Quentin Nelson, uh, uh, Quentin Quentin Johnson. Johnson will do. And, also, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams get hurt a lot. So it's hard to rely on on this unit. So I, I'm not really high on Justin Herbert, not just because of him, but mostly because of the surrounding situa- situation. Um, he has talent, but it, they're all massive question marks. And most of it's health. Some of it is the, ro- the rookie receiver they took. Will he be the real deal? Um, he's looked good so far, but I'm not quite sold. Um, but I'm looking at Joe. I'm looking at Joe Burrow. I think with the imp- this offensive line, I can't stress enough how much it has improved this season. Um, looking at it in hindsight, it doesn't look like they improved much. They just added Orlando Brown, but the team that they had the the pieces that they added from last off season the one pro- before this one it took some time for them to gel this past year but once they finally hit their stride over those last 6 games of the season they only allowed 7 sacks so you add Orlando Brown to that mix and potentially health as well 
Um, I think this I think this offensive line is going to be the best Joe Burrow has played behind. And it I think he's going to end up with over forty five touchdown passes. And I think jo- I think Josh Allen has a good shot at it as well. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes has a shot at it. So I'll go over. All right. Yeah, I, think, I think the person who has the best chance to do it is uh, Joe Burrow as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I will agree that if anyone is going to break it, it's going to be Joe Burrow. Don't think he will. I think he'll probably get about 44, but that's just me. Yeah. And like, if he, like, if he ends up with, with more interceptions than, you know, so what? Right. I mean, Peyton Manning had that issue, and so did Brett Favre, and they both had pretty good careers. Yeah, I, mean, I think you have to worry about that once the playoffs come, but regular season, you'd put up 13, 14 wins, and then you'll be, like, in the playoffs and sitting good there. Yeah. All right. Another over-under. So this season's lead rusher, will he go over or under 1,700 and a half yards? Way under. I don't think they'll crack uh, 1,500. I think it's 1,400 or less. Okay. I'll also go also go under on that because I think the state of running backs right now seems to be uh, pretty low. So, Hmm. You make interesting points, but call me crazy. I might go over. But why? Because it's actually the state of running backs – is why it's going to happen because you have people namely Saquon and Josh Jacobs that are angry. They had great seasons last year. They were reduced to take one year deals and, and you know, they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. You know, every run they're going to be giving 110% every run. They're going to just be looking at the end zone. And same thing with guys like Derrick Henry who said, Oh, I'm about to show the league why. And, I mean, now I know that's really nothing to go on, but the entire running back just committee of the NFL, they've got a chip on their shoulder, and I think one of them's got to break uh, about 1,700. Yeah, I have to agree with that one there. And I don't, I don't know if it'll be one of the veterans. It could be. But I'm also looking at Bijan Robinson. Kid has fresh legs, working, working behind a very good offensive line, and a team that the offense is structured to be a run first offense. I know a lot of people are worried about Tyler Algier, but I'm not because that's Tyler Algier. This is Bijan Robinson, a guy who they invested in eighth, the eighth overall pick in. I think this guy is going to take the league by storm as far as running backs go. Um, but there's all the, there's other guys as CJ mentioned, there's a lot of guys with chips on their shoulders Maybe some of them succeed, maybe some of them don't, but one of them, one of them is going to have that one year where he furious, furiously cracks 1,700 yards and beyond. So I, I'm i going to go the over on that one, yeah. I also think the injuries will definitely pile up for running backs, especially as it's CJ. Nate? Hello? Hello? Oh, he's had a McConnell moment. We had a little um, breakup. We had a little breakup there. What did you say? I think injuries are going to pile up a little bit for running backs, especially if they're going like 110% at the beginning of the season. It's going to build up. The miles are going to build up on them towards the end of the year. 
Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm it's, definitely taking the under. The the reason for that is usually because they for for them to not repeat the season that they had prior, right? Like the 1700 yard rusher usually doesn't do it the year after because that workload eventually catches up to them. But if we're betting on one running back to have that monster year, yeah, I'll take that. Because usually there, there's always that one running back who does it, who, re, who is the darling of fantasy football and winds up with these astronomical numbers as far as rushing yards go. Receiving yards, too. I mean, these are, these are often the complete backs who do everything. They become the focal point of whichever offense they're a part of. And that's usually what becomes not only a downfall to the team, but also to that runner. Because it's it's just running backs age like milk, unfortunately. It's a very, very tough position to invest in in football. Great for fantasy football, at least not for long. Because, <laughs> I mean, we all saw what happened to Todd Gurley. We saw what happened with Saquon. It's just, it's... It's been a it's been a constant here, so I'm gonna take the over here. Um, but for our next one, so the lead receiver now, same number, seventeen and seventeen hundred and a half receiving yards. <clears throat> Does somebody do that? So we already have. We've already got. We've already got Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase as. Two of the best wide receivers in the game. Does anyone else have a chance to do it? Devontae Adams. Maybe, uh, I don't know. There's been a lot of hype around Tyreek Hill, perhaps. He could do that. And depending on he could stage the quarterback. Yeah, to a, yeah, and plus, you know, he's got that handcuff and waddle. But, yeah, I I personally, I go over. Under, I don't. I'm also cracking uh, 1700. 1600, yes. I see a few receivers cracking 1600, but not 1700. Not this year. Because I think it's just more variety right now. I think there's just more receivers that are quality instead of, you know, just the few at the top. You know, I think we're at a point where, and this will this will sound like it's going to slightly contradict my last point about running backs. I think we are going to get get we are at a point in our league in the NFL where it is very very pass heavy. Vertical offenses are sprouting out like daisies like it's it never has before. Um so I think somebody is going to do it. And I think the obvious ones are not the only ones that we're that we're thinking of that could do this. The Justin Jeffersons, the Jamar Chases, the Tyree Kills of the world, even Stephon Diggs. They're not the only guys who we think could do that. One I think Garrett. I think Garrett Wilson is a guy who's in for a big year as well. One guy popped that, up in my head. Uh, DK Metcalf, maybe. DK Metcalf is a possibility. Um, Garrett Wilson could do it. Chris Olave is working in a better a better quarterback situation. You might think, ooh, Derek Carr, but what did Derek Carr just do for Devontae <laughs> Adams over in Oakland? Uh, Vegas at this point, geez. Um, I mean, you know, like I think I think this is I think 
this is a such a pass happy league that anybody could do it. And there's so many good wide receivers out there now that somebody is going to break through with the 1700 yard season. I understand. Like I just said that the rushing that rushing is always a thing that somebody is going to break through there as well. And I think it will, but that's, that's mainly just by volume. Someone's going to do it. I just think there's a bigger chance with wide receivers as well, because they're because every single offense at this, at this point is structured uh, vertically, mostly around one or two wide receivers. To go off your point, Adam, it seems like every season for the league, it becomes more offense friendly. And the more that's going to happen, the more records are going to be broken. And the more you're going to see both running backs and wide receivers and quarterback numbers go up per year. Hey, uh, guys, speaking of offense, a little minor bit of news comes in. Uh, Saints rookie quarterback Jake Hayner has just been suspended for the first six games of the season for violating the PED policy. He's a backup quarterback. What is he doing? Yeah, I know. That's those PDs are probably what made him take those. Uh, let's just say zesty photos for his rookie photo shoot. If you oh know what I God. mean. Please tell. It me was the PDs. It made him do it. You heard it here first. Did he really take one look at Derek Carr and say, "I can beat this guy"? <laughs> <laughs> is that what this is? Probably. That's oh, the reason man. they wanted to sign a free agent quarterback. I, re- I need to. Maybe Jameis uh, might get the start now. There goes his whole career. Now, I mean, damn. Basically, um, I don't think they'll he'll get another chance. All right. So, best record now. Over or under? 13 and a half games. Over. Over. Okay. Are we all are we all unanimous in that? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to right. be over. Unanimous. How about we go how about we go up a notch? Over under 14 and a half. Over. Still take the so, over. Under, so it's going to be 15. 15. Games. Wait, no, no, under. It's, I think it's going to be 14 exactly. Yeah. Because, let's face it, no matter how good you are, and Adam, you and I as Pats fans watching some great teams play, you and I both know that there's always just those games that you drop that you just have no business losing. No team can really escape that. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's the reason why we've never we well we have seen a sixteen and O team. And a fourteen and O team. And a fourteen and O team. No one's won seventeen. For obvious reasons. I mean, it's only it's only been seventeen for a little while. Although the Eagles had a shot at it earlier on last season. Then but, the commanders ended that. But to win to have that perfect season, but if you win so that's fifteen and two. So that mm-hmm. means that means you do lose two games. So you could win exactly fifteen. The question is who has the who has the capability to do that? You can look at the oh, NFC, yeah, where there's not much comp where there's not much competition. You could look at the Eagles. You could look at the the Forty uh, ers even the Seahawks, or the Lions. But the re- there's a reason that NFC is so open. All the teams, even the best ones, aren't that good. So that's an issue there. In the AFC, it's the opposite issue. There's a lot of loaded teams. Way too that, many. That becomes the issue there is that you run into so many competitive teams, you're going to give at some point. So 
Does somebody lose less than three games? I'm, I think it's the 49ers just based on their I, – I need to look at their schedule again, but I think they have like six wins within their division because I, I think Seattle's good, but I don't think they're as good as the, the 49ers because I don't trust their like tackles against Joey Bosa and Javon, Javon Hargrave. So I think it's just going to be problems from there on. The Cardinals suck, and the Rams are just injury-prone right now, and they're I think they're trying to rebuild on the fly. So I think it's just six easy ones for them. And then you have to figure out who's actually contenders enough to actually put up a fight against the 49ers. So I think they could easily win 15 games, but I need to see the schedule to confirm it. Yeah. Uh, So you, you think the 49ers in the whole league have the best shot? right now yeah we could look at the eagles but again since they're facing off against the cowboys twice a year they usually split i don't see them beating i don't see them getting like 13 not to mention the giants could potentially be problematic yes if danny jones looks like actually looks like the franchise quarterback they want they could be very problematic because probably won't but imagine if he did i think at least i think the niners have the best chance too the niners the Bengals. You know, like, what if they, what if this oh, Giants team? Hold oh, on, oh, 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 no. the Bengals. Oh, Christ, not this. Oh, my God. The Bengals? No, 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 no. Shoot, can we shoot, get the ball. Ravens it. bias for one second, please. He can't. Okay. It's still not going to be the Bengals because they're still the Steelers and the Browns in that division. Do y'all okay, really? He actually has a point. I, I agree. It's, it's, like, it's, a, yeah. it's a tough division, but that doesn't mean. The I, I don't think they're winning 15 the, games. I think the no. best the Bengals do is 14. I think you guys are severely underestimating the AFC North. There's no way in hell they get past 13. They get 12 or 13, but they're not getting 14. I forgive you. I think they have a chance at either one. If they win 12, split. 13, 14 games, it would not surprise me in the least. They will probably um, split with Baltimore. I'm not high on the Browns. And the Steelers yeah, heads on the Dibbler there, Watson. Yeah. So if so, we've kind of gone over the NFC in the AFC. We're now that we're kind of entering that. Who has the best? So we've we've kind of gone over the AFC. That's going to be tough for anyone in that division because it's going to be it's a tough division. Um, how about the AFC South? You have the it would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. They have. Arguably the easiest oh, division in so. football outside of the oh, NFC no. South. Now the NFC South. Might be, it it's might like be the Titans. Stooges, I don't know. It might be the Titans. I'm actually liking what they're doing in the offseason. The Titans are because they've gotten him. Uh, they've gotten Ryan Tannehill a new weapon in DeAndre Hopkins. They have a good defense. It's just a matter of them playing together now. And we all know who Derrick Henry is. So I, I think the Jags defenders. I think the Jags can put um, Trevor Lawrence can put the team his team on their back, so I think the Jags do come out with that division still. Possibly, yeah. I have been very low on the Titans this year, uh, this off season at least. Um, they finished with only seven wins after a after a seven and three start to the season, but I am people have talked me into them this off season. I think they could be competitive. And I'll, I'll say this. You you guys have all gotten me to say this. They will they have a decently high ceiling for the 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 for
for the crap that they went through last off uh, last season. Um, and some of the pieces that they have also lost, they've replaced some, but they've lost some pieces as well. Um, so they have a, they have a decently high ceiling for everything that they've been through. They also have a really low floor. I would not be surprised in the slightest if they win six games this year. I also wouldn't be surprised if they win 10, but I also, I do think that the games they win will not be against the Jaguars. That Jaguars team is just, it's too good and young. They look like they are a team that's about to explode. I, <laughs> I think that is a team that you want to buy to buy low on. In fantasy and betting lines, all of that. I think, the, I think the Jaguars have the best shot in the AFC to win a lot of games. More games than you think that they will. I think, I the think they win at least 12. Tennessee a lot. What's up? I think the quarterback holds down Tennessee a lot. That's that, true. That yeah. and also the offensive line. I think it's a big question mark. They brought in Peter Skaronsky. That's good. But outside of that, they don't have much there. They also lost Taylor Lewan, so that still outweighs the addition of Skaronsky, in my opinion. Exactly. And didn't they just release their center? Oh, Ben Jones, yeah. Right. So that whole offensive line, like they've added, but they've also subtracted. So it's a big... It's a big question mark. And when Tannehill has weapons, I like him. And I think DeAndre Hopkins has some more good years in him. However many, is is that's another argument to be had. I think he has at least one in him. But I just think it's it's they this team has one of the lowest floors in the league with the highest with one of the higher ceilings. It's kind of like the kind of like how I feel about the the Broncos. You know, but I think I think the Jaguars are a team that isn't kind of a dark horse to win 15 games here. If anyone's going to do it, I don't I, I agree. I think I'm taking the under on 15. But if anyone does it, I have the 49ers in that conversation. I have I have the Jaguars in that convo. I think Detroit could be in on it. I don't know. There's it, that's a that's a tough one. I but I think I'm gonna go the under because I don't think anyone will. All right. So that's it for all our over unders for this season. Up next, we've got most improved teams. So we'll each pick someone who is we believe is the most improved, and also teams who are expected to make a massive decline. Who had the biggest drop off? That's next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast.
Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Seeker Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright with Justin Tucker, CJ Medeiros, and special guest Nate Sloat. All right, so last uh, so to celebrate the opening night, we went through some over-unders on the last segment. Now we're going through some of the teams who we feel have improved the most from the offseason or will who will show the biggest decline. We're going to start with most improved guys. How do we feel about – so I'll throw a name out here. How do we feel about the Pittsburgh Steelers? I feel like that's a team that no one really gives attention to from this offseason. Kenny Pickett from camp and also preseason has shown a lot of improvement. They've worked on that offensive line. That defense looks better. Their pass catchers are young, but it looks like they're taking some strides towards being um, upper-level wide receiver one and two and tight end ones. How do we feel about them? I still feel like they're the Steelers. I think they improved, but not by a significant margin. I still think Kenny Pickett still has to prove some things in this league. I like uh, I like George Pickens. I like Kenny Pickett. I like their, the overall of the team. I like Pat Frymouth. That defense is always excellent. It's just now it's time for the offense to put it together and, you know, score. I think that was their main problem last year. They couldn't score. So hopefully this year they can actually improve upon that and actually take steps to score so they can actually win, win, uh, win more games. I think a good comp for them is actually the Patriots because they have a young quarterback who hasn't really proven, like hasn't gotten to what the ceiling is or people are debating what the ceiling is in Kenny Pickett. And I think that they'll probably be fighting for that seventh seed in the AFC um, by beating a bunch of the low-rated teams. But can they really go head-to-head with Chiefs or Cincinnati or Buffalo? I have, I have my concerns over that. Okay, you might be talking me into saying the Patriots are the most improved team just based on actually having an OC. That that <sighs> that that might actually. I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> Ooh. I I guess we could say most improved could be a very relative term because like there there's a lot of there's a lot of variables that go into this. Not only just not only just wins, like how many more wins did you get from last season, but also it could show not in the wins, right? Like a team could look better but relative to the rest of his of their division, which has gotten more competitive. What's that noise, by the way? CJ? Oh, uh, nothing. Going, that's all. No, I'm, um, I'm adjusting one of the cords on my mic. Calm down. All right. This, I can hear it through here. Um, I forgive you. Like, this team could be much improved through the eye test and even through some statistics, but through a record standpoint, they could be worse. Like this team, they finished eight and nine last year. If they if they win seven games and they look like a better offense, slightly worse offensive line, defense is a little better, but they lose their divisional games because they're the worst team in the division now. I don't I like I wouldn't the Patriots are such a tricky team that I just want to stay away from them in terms of predictions. They could they that's another team that Anything could happen with them besides winning a Super Bowl because that's not happening. 
You don't want to talk about your favorite team. You don't want to talk about your your team. That I don't want to. I don't. I'm not happy with how they are right now. Why I not? think they've improved in some ways, but I think the the ways that they have fallen off kind of outweigh the kind of outweigh the positives. Um, their division's a factor too. They can't really control that, but their division is significantly better now. Yeah. So even if they have gotten better from where they were last year, the division got better. The Jets are better than you now, right now. So what? So, like, yeah, they might have gotten better, but what? Like, to what end? What difference is it going to make if they still don't make the playoffs and they finish with a worse record? Right. The offense is better run. You actually have confidence in your quarterback. You know who the franchise guy is now. Bill will give him the keys to the offense. There's improvement here. Look, I, I get it. I do. But I have a candidate for improved teams. Yep. Who do you got? Think about the Chicago Bears. Now, they're kind of like, like the, they're, they're like the reverse Patriots. Whereas, like, yeah, they improved. But Chicago's division got worse. Aaron Rodgers, your boogeyman, he's gone. He doesn't own you anymore. Now you have Jordan Love. Maybe he's good. Maybe he's not. I don't know. The Vikings, their defense has gotten worse. Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen are gone. I mean, they're one Justin Jefferson away from being a bottom 10 team. And then, then, you know, there's the Lions. Lions are good. I mean, we know they improved. But the Bears, just look at what they did. Justin Fields is struggling. So what do you do? You grab uh, the Titans guard, Nate Davis, right? And you got him on a three-year deal. And you draft Darnell Wright, the tackle from Tennessee, in the first round. See, that's good. But he needs a wide receiver one. So what happens? You get a haul of draft picks include and wide receiver DJ Moore to pair with Darnell Mooney, and if he can screw his head on right, maybe Chase Claypool. And defensively, you just got I – mean, you you have basically filled the void Roquan Smith left by grabbing not just Tremaine Edmonds, but TJ Edwards as well, and you've got guys like Demarcus Walker and Andrew Billings for the defensive line and a serviceable backup tight end in Robert Tunyon. And through the draft – you got like a good linebacker in uh, Noah Sewell. You got another good corner from Miami and uh, Tyreek Stevenson. Like my point is, the Bears—they addressed everything. They addressed the offensive line, they addressed the defense, and they addressed the receiver core. The only way that they flop is if Justin Fields fails, which I'll admit is a possibility. But just on paper and in the division, they've—they their odds have increased. I would say tenfold. It is a massive gamble to suggest that this team will be the most improved because you could win big on that mm-hmm. because they have really addressed everything. And Justin Fields, in theory, can play. He's shown some flashes through the air and on the ground. So it's going to come down to him. But in the same way, if this kid ends up being a bust, it all falls apart. It's exactly. a great league. You can improve in every other spot, but if you don't have that quarterback position nailed down, like not just nailed down, but have one of the better ones in the league 
then you're not going anywhere, right? You're not, you're not going to do anything. The reason the Eagles won 14 games last year was because Jalen Hurts took that leap from being a decent quarterback to a great one. Josh Allen in the Bills, that doesn't have – like they don't emerge if Josh Allen doesn't show significant growth once they got Stephon Diggs. Same thing with Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Right, so it's going to come down to the quarterback whether we like and Tua and the Dolphins as well. No, that's an exception. That offensive line is so bad that I think. I mean, they, my point they, is, if he they don't kill him first, best season. Yeah, if they don't kill him, but you know, I can't control that. Yeah, all those but, guys, all those quarterbacks took time to develop, and Fields could be next. We could be at the end of the season looking at Fields like, oh, now he can go into that list of elite quarterbacks. Yeah, which is, continuously, which is continuously growing every year, by the way. It is. It has been spectacular to see these quarterbacks uh, enter the league and make an impact the way they have. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Thinking of other teams, I'm going to give you one of the more obvious ones, which is, I think, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And yes, Calvin Ridley was technically still on the team, but he was suspended. You had Christian Kirk, who it turns out we all thought he was a career wide receiver two at best, not even a high-end one, just a, a decent wide receiver two, middle of the pack. Turns out he can do pretty well when he's the number one option and you have Trevor Lawrence throwing. You add Calvin Ridley to that mix. That's going to change the entire dynamic. And from what we've seen in training camp in preseason, looks like those two are actually connecting pretty well, Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley. So this Jaguars team, as I mentioned in the last segment, in teams that could potentially win a lot of games, they're working in one of the worst divisions in all of football right now. Arguably the worst. No, it's not. It's the NFC South by default. But arguably, arguably one, of, one of the worst divisions in football. So they're going to rack up some wins. And I also think they're going to win a lot of games outside their division as well. They are that talented. And playing down south for cold weather teams in the month of in uh, in the month of December has its ups for those warm weather teams as Patriots fans have learned the hard way from traveling to Miami every now and again. Um those cold weather teams have some struggles sometimes. And I think a vertic- a quarterback who, who in a vertical offense who gets to host games down south, that is a huge, huge advantage as opposed to playing in the cold weather and trying to sling it down the field and also trying to establish a running back, a running game with James Cook and uh, they also Damian, have, uh, two games Damian, in a row. In, oh, well, uh, Damian Harris, what's that? I said they also have two games in a row in London, which could help them. Ooh. It could help them because it's, I guess it's technically neutral grounds. I wonder how that's gonna the jet lag is gonna affect them though. Because that'll be a couple, you know, that'll be a, a couple few hours. I'm not sure how many. And then they have, be, like, they have another hours. week where they don't have to travel. That's right. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I I, I think the Jaguars are a team that really has. I don't understand why people keep trying to say the Jaguars are un, are overrated. I don't think they are. In fact, I think they've been called overrated so much at this point that they are now underrated. 
That's a team that could be a, I think they're going to be a top three. They're going to be a top three seed in the AFC. Um, at least top three. They could win more games than the Bills, I believe. Um, and potentially more than the Jaguars. I think where their cap comes is where they meet the Bengals. Um, do we have any other potential? Um, actually, let's let's move on here. Uh, biggest drop off. Who is going to? Who is going to drop off the most? Who declined the most this off season? Um, and I think the the team that leads the list right now. I have to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, oh brother, you, you go from. Stop. Listen, there's doing more with less, which we all know Patrick Mahomes can do, and he will continue to do it because he is that good. He is a top three core. He is going to have a top three level season, and I think the Chiefs are going to be a top four team in the AFC and probably in in all of football. That's not a big drop off then. If you go from the number one seed to number four and probably barely winning your division. You're still hosting a playoff game. You are, but that's still a big drop off. Like that, like you are the Kansas City Chiefs. You're Patrick Mahomes. And also continue. And also, you just lost Travis Kelsey for a game for the opener. It doesn't, it's not a long term injury, it looks like, but with the amount that they're using him in the in the offense currently, year after year, you wonder when this guy's going to give. I don't think it'll be this year. But this injury makes you scratch your head a little bit. You think about that overuse. Because if Travis Kelsey gets hurt, in the same way, those 2010s Patriots, whenever Rob Gronkowski got hurt, they might be screwed. Because, like, yeah, you can do more with less, but there's a difference between doing more with less and doing something with nothing. Because if you don't have Travis Kelsey for a significant amount of time, that's do, trying to do something with nothing. If you have Travis Kelsey and you have some subpar wide receivers, you can turn into number twos or maybe low end number ones. Fine. Maybe you'll, you can make a case. You can make that case there with me. But if you don't have Travis Kelsey, you're screwed. I think Patrick Mahomes can walk out there like himself and still win that division. Honestly, exactly. That like, why, what are we doing here? Okay, they might win the division. Maybe maybe they'll win the division, but I think yeah, they still may, I, I think I still think that's a massive drop off from where they were last year. Because not only did you already lose Juju Smith Schuster and Nicole Hardman, but now if you lose Travis Kelsey for a little while, then that's not that's actually going to be nothing. That's not just if, less. That's nothing. If they're the three seed, that is a drop off because then you're in the divisional round potentially going to Cincinnati or Jacksonville or Buffalo because they have, they have banked on those home games at Arrowhead to have a significant advantage. Yeah. 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 I'm not now chiefs fans. Don't bite my head off. I still have them as a contending team. I just think they're going to be significantly worse than they have been in years past. They are going to be, they'll probably be on the road for some, for some playoff games. I think they'll host at least one. But I think that'll be it. I mean, like, tell me, tell me how you how this Chiefs game, this Chiefs team may, wins more games than the Buffalo Bills, who haven't lost much, or the 
the Cincinnati Bengals who have gotten significantly better. And also, I'm very high on this Jacksonville Jaguars team. They could win more games than you as well. Uh, don't worry. Don't worry, Kansas City. You guys will be just fine as long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy and as long as Andy Reid is your co- uh, play caller. You are just fine. Don't right. let them Don't let them make you worry. The, the Jags don't still have to prove it too. Like these teams have to get over the hump before we start saying, oh, Kansas City's in trouble, I think. See? Cincinnati has gone head-to-head with them. They've been right there. They beat them in the AFC Championship game before. So mm-hmm. I'll give you Cincinnati, but – Buffalo still needs to prove they can beat them. Jacksonville still in the playoffs. In the playoffs, yeah, exactly. You're right. You're right. These are all predictions at the end of the day. We could be entirely wrong. None of these teams could end up in the in a with a tiny chance. None of these teams could end up contending. Who the hell knows? But I just think this Chiefs team is going to be. They're going to take the biggest drop off. That doesn't mean they're not going to contend. That doesn't mean they're not going to win their division. I just think they go from the one seed to potentially the four, which is still a division champion. You still probably win at least 11 games. But didn't the Bills do that a few years ago? They were contenders. And they went toe-to-toe That's that postseason with the Kansas City Chiefs yet again. Yep. And they did it in their house. Seconds. They did it in their house. So all I'm saying, I'm, they're still contenders. They're still going to win their division. They're still going to the playoffs. I just said that they are going to take a drop-off. Yeah. They won 14 games last year. Mm-hmm. Like, that's – that's I, I I get it. You're, like, you know, that they should be – they should be still good. But, like, you go from having one of the best records in all of football to, you know – 11 and 6 that's still a drop off. No has a chance to prove your point. What's that? The Detroit Lions have a chance to prove your point tomorrow. How the Lions go out there and maybe win. Not only win but like score maybe more points to them. That's a, that's a statement there. And the Chiefs have to walk off national television saying we just got beat by the Lions who didn't even make the playoffs last year. Yeah, yeah, and if if Mahomes throws for a thirty hundred thirty seven yards and three touchdowns, and they still beat him by thirty, then next there's always next week where I can say, you know what, I think Patrick Mahomes can actually do something with nothing, which would be a shocker, by the way. In my or, it's it's still nothing. I mean, Marquez Valdez Scantling and Kadarius Tony being your top options. Rasheed Rice. Well, maybe he becomes a number one. And Sky Moore. Well, I don't think any of them are truly number ones, but he has pieces to make them work. Yeah. But it also helps when you have Travis Kelsey to draw a lot of defensive coverage that leaves those guys open, which is why Juju Smith-Schuster was so good that in this previous season, right? He's had his best years when he had an alpha lined up across from him. Antonio Brown in years past. Now Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, Juju Smith-Schuster is a career number two option. Um, all right. I'll give you one more, then we need to move on, because we're at 48 minutes on this episode, and we still need to preview the opening night. Um, the Minnesota Vikings, I think that's a team that could make a drop-off. Their offensive yeah. line still hasn't improved. Their defense 
doesn't look very good. They've lost a lot of pieces up front. Uh, their secondary's lost a couple pieces as well. Um, and they lost Dalvin Cook, too. And I know he was getting older, but when that guy was healthy, he was about as good as it gets at the running back position. And I like Alexander Madison. I don't think Madison is the same guy as Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, doesn't matter what the matchup is, what defense he's facing, he's going to put up good yardage. It feels like Alexander Madison was dependent on on the matchups, on whether or not he would put up good enough statistics. And that's, that's I mean, that's still good. That's still a good, run, a good running back, but it's not Dalvin Cook. And also... I lo- so I like what they did at the wide receiver position. They added somebody across from uh, Justin Jefferson to replace Adam Thielen, who could be even better than Thielen. Probably will, actually. So, I mean, that that looks good, but if you don't, what difference does it make if you don't have time to throw to them? Right? Yeah. I, I think Kurt might be in for a rough time in Minnesota. Not that he wasn't going through it last season. It might be a little bit worse this season. I think they'll be a wild card team, like six or seven, but I don't think they'll be as good as they were last year. If Justin Jefferson has to miss any time, they're in trouble. Yeah. And if, especially if Jordan Addison shows that he's actually a bust, then that's uh, don't really say that. going to don't be a say problem. That. I, I like Jordan Addison. I think he's going to be really good. But if if in the off chance he is a bust and uh, in a corresponding move you also lose Justin Jefferson for some time, ooh, they're in trouble. That now is. they still have TJ Hawkinson, who is yeah. one of the better tight ends in football, but that also doesn't say much because the tight end position kind of blows nowadays in the NFL. You have Travis. You have Travis Kelsey, who's perennial be, perennially been the, one of the best, and then you have Darren Waller and George Kittle when they're healthy. Key phrase: when they're healthy. After good, uh, T.J. Hawkinson's been good. You don't really have much from there, do you? Are you forgetting Mark Andrews? You have Mark Andrews. You're right. I was about to say, there's a stud in Baltimore. He's just doing fine. He's pretty good, but like again, that's still that's still that's still a very very top heavy league in terms of tight ends. You have Travis Kelsey, Kittle, and Waller when they're healthy, and then you've got and then you've got Andrews. Yeah, that's that's not much. You have four tight ends in out of thirty two teams. One out of eight teams have an elite tight end. One out of eight. Still not very good. Compared to all the rest of the positions, the running back position, the wide receiver position. I'm just saying. Quarterback position nowadays. That now every other team has an elite quarterback now. How many teams um, have elite wide receivers? What about uh about Kittle? Kittle's still elite, I would say. Yeah, Kittle like I, I mentioned when he when he's healthy. Yeah. Kittle when he's healthy. Um, but that, that again, key phrase because that's a that's a big if if he's healthy. Same same thing with Darren Waller because those two wind up getting hurt all the time. But when they're healthy, they are very good. Especially Kittle, you could make a case when Kittle is healthy, he is a better tight end than Travis Kelsey. Right up there. 
the impact that he makes on teams when he is on the field, you feel his presence in a way that you don't feel any other pass catcher. Not since Rob Gronkowski was in the league, at least prime Gronk. Um, he's just that good where he is. He has the size. He is, he's good with blocking. He can do everything. All right. Um, and he can score. Um, all right. We can do one more if we have one. If not, we do want to move on because we're at 15, 52 minutes. How do we feel about the Cowboys? I don't think they're dropping off. I don't think it's a big drop off. And they'll stay right where they were. They're the Cowboys. The Cowboys? It's a good team just make it to the playoff. Not just make it, but make it into the playoffs and then lose in the early rounds. Yes. Yep. See, I, I disagree. I think the Cowboys get better than they did last year. Don't do this to yourself, Adam. Please. <laughs> Come on. They won. Stop. It's not they, funny. It hurts. The, you don't think they can win 12 games this year? That's not the issue I'm having. It's not the amount of games they'll win in the regular season. It's what they'll do in the postseason. That I'm, You do this to yourself every time. They look good in the regular season. Then you're like, you know what? They can make it to the NFC Championship games. They don't even make it there. Right, so they're they not going to drop off. The second round. They're not going to drop off because their standards aren't that high anyways. I don't have them going to the AFC champ, the, the NFC Championship game. Where do you have them going? I have them making the playoffs as a wild card because I was toying with the idea of them uh, winning the division with the Eagles facing a Super Bowl hangover. But I feel like even with the hangover, the Eagles are just too talented to not win this division. They'll still make the playoffs. They'll win their division. So I don't think there's a there's a significant drop off there, which that is that's another team who could potentially kind of fall off a little bit, but not enough so that it's significant. Um, I just don't think they're going back to the Super Bowl. That's all. Okay. Um, yeah. That's fair. But I think the I think the, the Cowboys kind of stay the same. They might even get a little better than they did last year because they have better they have a better wide receiving core. They do. It's better than it was last year. You had Brandon Cooks as your number two. I think that's better, especially if he turns back to, into his vintage self, where he's perennially getting a a thousand to eleven hundred yards. If he does that, then it's a little better. It's he better. better. I got him on my fantasy. Exactly. So what the hell are you telling me that this team's going to get worse for? It's the Cowboys. Why do you think I have this much faith in them? There you go. I think this team's going to be fine. They won't be they're they're going to stay the same, which is another wild card round, another non-playoff win. That's what I think's going to happen. That's the only team this team is good for, fantasy. That's what I'm looking for because when they're down, they try to catch up, which means Dak will pass. I got, a, I got Pollard. Hey, C.D. Lamb, though. C.D. Lamb. I don't have him in any of my leagues, but I've ha- I've had him for the last three seasons, and he has been awesome. I love C.D. Lamb. Uh, looking at teams that has fallen off, not really any besides what we've just mentioned, so – all right, let's move on. Opening night, Thursday night, 820, Arrowhead Stadium, Lions at Chiefs. We're going to do, give you a full preview and predictions on who wins this game. Potential scores as well. That's next. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast.
This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, CJ Medeiros, special guest, Nate Sloat. All right. So, uh, tomorrow night, Thursday, 8-20, we have our first game of the 2023 NFL season. Guys, so this is so kicking off this matchup preview right off the bat. I don't, and I don't think people realize it. It's going to be a real mismatch on those front lines. You have no Chris Jones. You just traded Frank Clark and you're going up against one of the best offensive lines in football. Yeah. That's going to be really, really tough for the chiefs to cause any sort of line disruption. Because if you give Jared Goff some time to throw, and you also have now a healthy Amon Ross St. Brown. I think that's going to cause some problems. Now, how much of a problem? I mean, they could drop 30 and the Chiefs will drop 40. But I think now that you don't have Travis Kelsey, it, maybe it works out for the for the Chiefs down the road if they miss him for any more time after this. But if you for Kelsey for Mahomes to not have Kelsey for the first time in a in his entire career, he's had him for all of the big games. He has been able to have him as a safety blanket. If the wide receiver position ever failed, he would be able to throw to Travis Kelsey. He does not have him for this game. That is going to be a problem. And I think it's going to cause for a very, very close matchup. So I have this being a close one. Um, and honestly, I have an upset here. I think the Chiefs are going to punt on this game, say we're making the playoffs anyways. We're playing for the championship. The Lions are looking for as many wins as they can get. I have the Lions pulling the upset in this matchup. I don't have that. I think the Chiefs are going to come away with it. I think that they're the favorites and they want to put their foot down and say, hey, we're going to run this back. Um they want the game. They want as many games as they can get. I think Mahomes will be fine without Kelsey. I think people were saying the same thing last year about Tyree Kill, saying, oh, no, what is he going to do without a dynamic wide receiver running down the field for him? I think he'll be fine. He'll make do. Um, I think it'll be close. I think it'll probably be within one or two scores, but I think the Chiefs do get the win. Okay. Yeah. I think it'll. I think it's going to be a thriller Thursday night opening game. I think Detroit is going to come out ready to play. I believe that offense will show up and see why they took Jameer Gibbs in the first round. Um, I think Kansas City's offense will be just fine. I am a little worried about the defense because Chris Jones isn't there. So I feel like they'll be overly reliant on blitzing, and they'll and it'll cost them in some areas. Uh, Equinemius St. Brown will have a, a great day, but all, overall, I think – I'm sorry, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Why did I say Equinemius? I'm on Ross St. Brown will have a good day. But overall, I think the Chiefs take it on their field opening night. I think the momentum will carry them to victory this time. I'm going to predict the score, Kansas City 27, Detroit 24. Okay. CJ. Now, there's a saying in the sportage world called a win is a win is a win. Well, I'm here to tell you all wins are not created equal. 
I do think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win, but I will tell you right now, there's a difference between a win and a convincing win. They're going to win, but it's going to be, I think, a shootout. It's going to be scary. The Chiefs, they're just the more experienced team. You know, you have Mahomes. We know he can do more with less, but it's going to be, how do I put this? It's an unsatisfying win where it's one of those rare cases where you win, but despite the fact you have a W on the schedule, you somehow leave the game with more questions than answers. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be a win, but it's going to be something that it's going to be hard fought, and I think it's going to expose probably the Chris Jones-less defense and their lackluster secondary. You know what? So, yeah, once again, they win – but it's, it's, it's like know, a, it's gonna like get a, a last-second field goal they need or something. Yeah. They're going to win, but they're going to lose a kneecap. Shout-out Dan Campbell. <laughs> you know what? I like this. I like that I'm the only one here who has picked the Lions to win this game. I'm, I'm actually, It makes me more excited for this matchup. And I might have egg on my face next Tuesday when uh, – when we find out that they actually did not win. But I think just, I also think if this Chiefs team wins this game, yeah, it will be ugly. But I feel like that's more of a positive for the Chiefs because it shows that they can still win, they can still win the games where they're shorthanded. They don't have a lot of pieces in this, in this game. They really don't. That's not a secret. But if they pull it off, even if it doesn't look good, it shows, okay, you're facing a, a, a competitive team, a team that could potentially contend over in the NFC, and you beat them without your best pieces. Shows that when you have your best, they're even stronger than they are right now. If they don't, if they don't have those pieces and they're still biting, scratching and clawing and getting wins, just gutting them out, I see value there too. So yeah, in some ways a win is a win is a win. Like that's not that's not completely accurate, but in others I do see some value, especially when you're shorthanded. You know it's not going to last. You know you're getting help back. Travis Kelsey will return and the Chiefs will figure something out with Chris Jones to get him back. But if you win this game in the meantime, I see value there. sounded like you had something to say there, CJ. Also, you're muted. Uh, no, I, I was just uh, turning some stuff over my head. I mean, I get it, but I guess it's going to be one of those rare cases where you win, but you're going – you may have a W on the schedule, but you're going to come out of that game weaker. So, in weaker in terms of – so, because like, – In terms of, like, morale, in terms of – See, when you win, it's never good where you win, but like I said, but there's more questions than answers. The last thing you want after winning is your fan base asking questions. You, Especially as a good team, you don't want them asking questions. That's what it's going to be. Because be like, wow, how needed is Chris Jones? Wow, maybe they shouldn't have dumped all their money on two players. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's that's a... That's a good point. Maybe it's the hangover year for them instead, where they've been continuously going to the AFC Championship and Super Bowls and 
this is the year where they take a little step back. Okay. That could be for them as well, yeah, but you know, if if they don't win this if they if they win this game, either way I see value in it. I'm just saying like because we know we're getting all of these pieces back. So if you win these games and then you're getting piece and then you're getting the, your most significant pieces on both sides of the ball, your Chris Joneses, your Travis Kelsey, your Travis Kelseys of the world, you know you're getting them back, then you feel a lot better about it. If you get them back, let's say Travis Kelsey and then he gets hurt again and he's out for significant time, then it might be kind of time to worry because then it shows that you don't look great on paper with this with these teams you might be able to win some games but if you look that ugly in games then how are you supposed to look in the postseason right but you know my point is you know you're getting these pieces back unless something crazy happens with chris jones but i'm i'm willing to bet he'll be back at some point in the season but if you know you're getting these pieces back and you still win while you're shorthanded, that is that's something that is valuable. Shows that you can you can gut out the wins even when you don't have all your pieces, right? That's important. That's something that matters, especially when it's against a competitive team like the Detroit Lions. Right? I mean, this is a team that a lot of people have making the playoffs and winning their division. So if they win a game, even if it looks ugly. While they don't have Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones, that's still a very good thing. That's my point. Mm. Yes, sir. All right. So, next, we got the fan box. We asked you guys, who is winning the Super Bowl? That's next. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power Radiate and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, and CJ Medeiros with special guest Nate Sloat. We welcome you to the fan box portion of our podcast where we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more. And we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question for a chance to be featured on our show. So as I mentioned, we can't mention all of them anymore. We just get too many per week. This week, we got 30. The week before that, we got 34. Are we going to mention all of those? We're going to be here all day if that's the case. So, you guys, if you get picked out of those dozens of responses, you get the honor. All right? You get to earn it by being the best response. All right. So, we don't – so, this week, again – we lost it's it's lost in our feed because sometimes our feed just gets really active and it expires 
in all of the recent in all of the recents, especially with this reel that we posted that just blew up. Currently is at five hundred thousand views, so half a million. But with all those likes that show up, we can't find our responses. They get lost. Um, so now from now on, we are going to need to start writing them down as they come up, come out instead of putting them out. But we have we know exactly what was said, just not who said it. Uh, a lot of people said the Bengals. And I think that's the popular answer. I don't think there's there really needs to be much to be said there. I mean, they have Ooh. an offensive line that's very that's very much improved. Um, they have the best, arguably the best receiving core in all of football. You have one of the best quarterbacks in football in Joe Burrow. And you could say, well, Patrick Mahomes is the best. I agree, but that doesn't mean that Burrow can't have a better season this year in 2023. We're talking about through their careers. It's no contest. It's Joe, it's Patrick Mahomes. Um, I know. And since Talk decided to interrupt and say boo, I'll throw him a bone and bring up the Ravens that came up. And there uh, we go. The explanation. The explanation's pretty. It's pretty simple. So this team has been run first. It's Lamar's entire career, and they probably will be again. But I think there's going to be a little more balance here, right? You bring in Zay Flowers. You bring in, uh, you bring in Odell Beckham Jr. You still have Rashad Bateman, who's going to come back healthy at some point in 2023, whenever that'll be. Um, you got Devin Duvernay. You have Mark Andrews. That's a pretty good passing attack. And Zay Zay Flowers looks really, really good from preseason, from training camp. He's looked good. So. If Lamar Jackson can prove, can show that he can throw at a higher volume with accuracy, we already know that he can throw to an extent. How much can he do it? Can he com- can can he compete with Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen and Shane? Yes. Yes. We're gonna find out this season. So that do that defense looks still pretty good. You lost Marlon Humphrey for a few weeks. How long is it going to be though? It's one. It's a week to week basis. I don't think we'll have him for week one. Week two is still an option, but we'll wait and see. I think we'll be, be we'll be fine for week one, but week two is where I'm like more concerned. Yep. Um, we got some picks for the 49ers. and I think the 49ers, outside of their quarterback situation, good as gold. They look uh, they look uh, awesome. Besides, um. Brock Purdy, who's coming off a UCL tear, and also, while he looked really good in the games that he played last year, we don't. It was a reasonably small sample size, right? So, like, he he number one, he could be really good, but number two, also didn't. He's also he was also around a good offensive line, a good passing core, a good defense behind him. I mean, I think, all of these things, like, they might have that next year, but God forbid they get some injuries. I think the 49ers are telling us that they're very, very confident in Purdy by getting rid of both uh, Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo to, to just have him be, all right, you're going to be the number one and Sam Darnold is going to be your backup. That's, that's saying they have a lot of confidence, I think. And they, they, called him, they called him their starter pretty early on. Like very, very early. So I, I do agree. They're showing some confidence, but 
Will it will it pay off? We're going to find out this season. Um, couple of question marks there at the quarterback position, but everywhere else we know they can ball out. It's just a question of whether their quarterback can play up to their standards and also if they can stay healthy. If so, this team could – I mean, the sky the sky's the limit for them this favorites, year. Favorites, definitely favorites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some Seahawks votes, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We got a few. So the 49ers division rivals, I understand the hype. So their, their tackle duo, one of the best young tackle duos in the league. Yeah. Their interior was where they had issues. They addressed that this offseason. They also worked on their defense in some big ways, and they also gave Geno Smith, who had his the best career of his, his best season that he's ever had in his entire career, pulled it out of his ass. They gave him a new toy in Jackson Smith and Jigba. So they have some pieces to throw to. So in theory, this should work out. I just I am just very, very skeptical about Geno Smith because we saw what he was like last year, but we've also seen what he was like his entire career. So yes, he regressed back. Is it just a fluke? Because we've seen we have some uh, history quarterbacks who have regressed. Case Keenum being one of them. Right. Vikings and then fell off again. That's a Nick good Foles, example. I would say it's a little bit Nick Foles went on a hot run to the Super Bowl, then kind of fell off again. Yeah, but I think Case Keenum and Nick Foles are are not really as comparable as you may think. Because Nick Foles, it was under such a tiny sample size, just a few games at the end of the year where he caught fire. Same thing with Pat, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's he's done that a couple of times where he just got red hot for a few weeks. Case Keenum was Case Keenum was good for an entire season, twelve and four record. Took him to the AFC cha- uh, the NFC Championship game. Only problem is they got their faces ripped off by Nick Foles in the conference championship game. So, um, yeah, and then he was never the same after that. But we all knew that Case Keenum in the seasons prior was never that kind of guy. So it was very, it was, and it was a big drop off the very next season. Um, also the thing that, you know, Smith has going for him is that he's on the same team. So he really yeah. doesn't have to adjust to much. There's that too, because I know they got rid of case Keenum the year after, and they brought in Kirk cousins that worked out for him. See talk, see what happens when you bring in a, a sub ten, top 10 quarterback, give him, so much money. I'm not doing this with you. You don't to. have to answer that. I'm All not. Right. I'm, I'm not dignifying that. Let's just All move right. on. Um, we have some. We had a couple votes for the Bills, and I think they deserve to be in this conversation. But they also need to prove it that they can get over that hump, because they have had a lot of issues in December with still winning football games. They start off these seasons red hot, and then they cool off like you would never even imagine. Pun intended with the cool off. Um, And it gets tougher because their offensive line doesn't look quite as good as it once did. They got rid of Isaiah McKenzie. They have Gabe Davis as a wide receiver too, but he's just a – he's not a – he's a wide receiver too. Um. 
they didn't address their biggest need, which was their which was their uh, running game. It doesn't look that it doesn't look very good. I like Damian Harris. I've always liked Damian Harris. I never loved him. And he was he's also not a bell cow back, as we have learned the hard way for the Patriots. Um and he looks like he's his best days are behind him. You also have James Cook, who has so far failed to live up to his expectations. I expected them to address their their needs this offseason. And I thought they would have wanted to get to be in on Dalvin Cook, who I believe still has some some gas left in the tank. They didn't. They didn't do any of that. There's still Leonard Fournette who's available, who I think would be better than all the guys that they have. And they still haven't they they haven't bitten on any of them. So that's a problem. They could have gotten Miles Sanders. That would have been a better one. They haven't they didn't do anything like that. They got Damian Harris. Um so they haven't really gotten much better. They kind of stay the same. They win 12, 13 games, and then that'll be that. They, they're out in the divisional round in maybe the conference championship if they get there. Um, <clears throat> all right. I know you guys had the list in front of you. Who else did we have that were, that I'm missing? Or did we get all the ones that we wanted to cover? We got no, I think that's basically up. like the gist of like some of the big ones. <clears throat> yeah. And we don't want to say any joke ones like the Texans. That, oh. was, that one was a joke. All right, I'm reading through it right now. A lot of Bengals votes, a lot of – a lot of. I'm just trying to make a case. There are multiple Seahawks ones too. I mean, yeah. I know someone said Miami, I think. We mentioned them. I guess Miami you can muddle in there as about, a team. Somebody said the Jets? Giants, but I don't know if they were joking the or Jets? just delusional. The Jets are a dark horse. Dark horse. I don't think anyone said the Jets. Really? No, I, I didn't see any. Hard knocks, so I'm not sure if they're even capable of winning the Super Bowl. Nope. Hard Knocks curse is real, kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Giants. Yeah, the Giants were list- listed. The Buccaneers were listed. Not mentioning that. Um. Yeah, the Dolphins. If their offensive line somehow, some way works out, that's a team that even even last year they they had they were eight and three, and they had the potential to go all the way. Uh, they could they were they had the potential to be the top seed. They didn't wind up doing that because their their offensive line was so bad. They got to a hurt, so they have to prove that that offensive line could be can be good enough. Um, there was also the Cowboys. No. Just no. Just no. It's not their year. They're, they look better, but that doesn't say much. All right, guys. That's all our responses. We have any other thoughts before we end the show tonight? Uh, no, I'm no. just I'm just ready for Thursday. Just ready it's for Thursday. Season. Finally. I know. Yep. About time. All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We sub- we also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out.